1: Hello, and welcome to the second tier podcast. I'm Ryan Dilkes, and I'm joined by the European Super League to my championship. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Leeds are keeping up the pressure. Ipsbridge Town r- remain top two. Leicester City still winning the league, and Merry Christmas everyone that's basically the podcast we don't have to do anything else justin that's a good summary of everything there isn't it
2: yeah you've you, you, yeah that's a really comprehensive way of analyzing the weekend there's also really really awkward background noise you're doing with your hands there which sort of
1: i was trying to keep a beat going at the same time
2: yeah as long as listeners know that was both of your hands making that noise <laughs> and not anything else because that was incredibly distracting And yeah, really unsettling from me, and I'm here with you now, whereas listeners are going to be in their cars, with families, driving to to families, listening to this, and all they're going to hear is,
1: come on now. It's a little Christmas treat for everyone. (laughs) Welcome to the number one championship (laughs) podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, it's Christmas Eve, Eve, ladies and gentlemen. We will be honest, this is going to be a bit of a whistle-stop tour of all the championship games from... Christmas eve eve and christmas eve 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 um Because you know, let's be honest. If you're listening to this, then you're either bored of your parents arguing about, you know, arguing with your uncles about politics or whatever. You're on Christmas Day, or you're working on Christmas Eve, Boxing Day, or Christmas Day itself. So there's not going to be much chance for you to listen to this. So if you are, then you are a dedicated second tier listener. We appreciate you. Um, But you know, we'll try and keep this brief so you you've got it bite sized and ready for you. Whatever you're doing over. The Christmas period. But you know what? Let's kick things off with a firecracker of a game just then. I should have just said cracker because then it's in keeping with the season, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Leeds United 4, Ipswich Town 0. What a game this was from a Leeds United perspective just because Leeds were absolutely breathtaking. I'll be honest with you, I was
2: expecting a draw from this, but Leeds were Leeds were brilliant. They really were. And I think it's an example of what Leeds can do when they're, when they're fully on it. I know you've mentioned previously that they're in a slump, and I disagree with you. Yeah, I disagree with you on that because I don't think performances well, well, well,
1: have been. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's just a bad week. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying.
2: But, but this, there were suggestions of a slump, which I think is yeah is enough for me to disagree with. I don't think it was a slump. I think it was just a case of not converting the chances they were taking. And they converted the chances they were creating in this game. I will admit, I don't think they created a whole lot in open play. They were very effective from set pieces. And again, really, really tidy on their counter-attack. I thought they were more effective on from set pieces than they were in open play.
1: They scored four goals and then hit the bar twice. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not discrediting it. I just thought they were... What I'm saying is they had a lot of conviction in the final third compared to what they have done in previous games. Um, And like I was saying, I think it's an example of what they can do when they're on it. They punished Ipswich's lax defending several times. It was a really, really good forward-thinking performance from Leeds.
1: I think this was possibly their best performance of the season. They were helped by Ipswich being really poor, which we will get onto, but don't let that take anything away from Leeds. They were absolutely rampant. Crescencio Somerville was clearly on a high after being picked in our team of the season so far. Clearly gave him the confidence to go out and put a performance like that. Uh, Joe Roden, Pascal Stroik were dominant at the back. I mean, young Archie Gray had a great game as well. We have got to remember he's a 17-year-old playing out of position. in one of Leeds' biggest games of the season. And he was superb here. But I just thought they were ruthless. And this result is massive in a lot of ways, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's huge. It's
2: huge. Not just for the points. I know they they, they closed the gap from 10 to 7 um, between the, the top two and the, and the playoffs. But psychologically, I think it's more important that Leeds not only win. I mean, if they wouldn't one nil, sure, it's, it's a big win. But they demolished Ipswich here. Um, and, they, and they really were were scintillating. I think the psychological factor is going to play a massive part for both sides. I think Leeds are going to be buoyed, but they're going to need to match the levels from this game and their next game um, over the Christmas period. And obviously, Ipswich are going to be smarting and they're going to need to bounce back. It's that psychological psychological edge that it gives Leeds in, in the hunt for the top two, because this, this was a damaging result for Ipswich.
1: I think you're spot on, Justin. I think it was a, you know, cliche six-pointer in many different ways because not only is it a six-pointer in terms of the actual points, but it's also a six-pointer in the way that this will give Leeds such confidence and strike a big blow on Ipswich's confidence because they couldn't string together passes. And, you know, that's a big part of Ipswich's game. And will that be a problem going forward? We'll have to wait and see. But it does cut Ipswich's lead to seven points. However, for me, Justin, this, won't, this game won't win Leeds automatic promotion. It will be what happens over the remaining 23 games. And Leeds can't afford too many weeks like they had last week. So that's why we keep saying consistency has to be better. And this win will be absolutely pointless if Leeds go to Preston on Boxing Day and draw, yeah. won't it? Because yeah. Ipswich are playing Leicester next. So that's potentially another big opportunity for Leeds to cut that lead that Ipswich have even more but you know Leeds have to live up to their side of the bargain in that respect don't they
2: yeah and also they have to deliver on their expectation Leeds have set a stall here they've like I said they demolished Ipswich so they need to go to Preston and do exactly the same thing maybe not demolish them but at least create the chances they're creating and be as ruthless as they have been in this game because that's what's held them back in the previous uh well, two games especially is they haven't been ruthless when the chances have been literally at their feet you know they they don't take them uh, enough often enough and i think it's about developing consistency developing good habits going into the second half of the season that's what Leeds need to do they need to follow up each result match the performances You know, week on week and if they don't do that yes they are going to fall behind Ipswich Ipswich have done that in the first half of the season they're all dropping off a little bit um, performance wise anyway they are dropping off a little bit and Leeds are catching up and it just goes to show that if you don't um, if you take your foot off the gas you don't put it down you don't get anywhere and it's essentially what Leeds have done in, in recent weeks they haven't got anywhere they've got the chance to do it they can do it
1: Yeah, well, you take the context out of the situation, Leeds have taken, well, they've done the double over Ipswich, haven't they? They've taken six points off Ipswich, yet they're still seven points behind. So that's what I mean when I say these head-to-head games don't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. It's about Leeds being as consistent as Ipswich have been. Yeah. Over these first 23 games. And that's what makes you a promotion team, isn't it? And, but as good as Leeds were, Justin, Ipswich were poor, weren't they? Their passes weren't connecting, particularly when they were trying to play out from the back. Each time they lost the ball, Leeds had a dangerous attack. They were restricted to chances from distance. They got completely outplayed in this one. Hasn't happened very often, no. but it certainly did here.
2: Yeah, and you have to criticise a team when they perform poorly and we haven't been able to do that for Ipswich very often this is because they haven't been performing poorly on too many occasions. That's why they're in the top two. But I think what this game does show is when you nullify them going forwards, you have a good chance of getting three points against them because they give you chances. Ipswich give you chances. It's not you're not always going to come up against Leeds where they've got the Premier League quality to to put those chances away, um, and, like, and like as we saw in this game, you you gifted Leeds a fair few goals, and if you definitely if, well if you give them a head start, um, you're going to struggle, and, and and they did. If you look at the the Lee Davis goal for example, Ipswich had five plays in the box, but they still didn't defend the cross. It's defending those moments that really lets switch down. It's going to be, I said it last week and I don't want to keep banging the same drum, but I will do because things haven't changed. But if you keep giving opposition chances, um, more often than not, they will take them and, and, and Leeds did here. Um, and for me, the back line for Ipswich, they, it needs a leader. It needs a leader to come in in January to to fix it because it's those moments that are letting Ipswich down and it will let them down as the season goes on for the hunt for the top two.
1: I can understand what you're saying, Justin. However, we have got to remember that not every team that Ipswich come up against will have the clinical edge that Leeds United yeah, do. That's and it. that's why, you know, the point that you were making just a second ago as well, that if you manage to keep Ipswich out, then they can be got at. The problem is teams haven't been able to keep Ipswich out because they've scored, you know, usually two or more goals in pretty much every game this season. This was just them being blunt against a very, very good team. Um so with that being said, I, I see, I hear what you're saying about the defensive concerns, but I want to cast your mind back to last weekend when you were saying that they won't get top two because of the, or well, well, what was your exact wording again? Top two will be a big
2: ask if they keep giving opposition chances. And, and like in this game. So yeah, I do, I do, because you need a s- super tight defense to to um, finish in the top two. The examples I gave do last you need week. It yes, you absolutely do. The examples I gave last they're week in the top two. They're currently in the top two. It doesn't mean they're going to be in the top two in, in six months' time. But uh, again, you take they'll a look at this game. Everyone. You can't out, you can't continue to outscore teams. It's the balance of averages. If you I'm keep giving up, halfway
1: getting through off. the season, Justin, the seven points clear.
2: Yeah, again, we're only halfway through the season, and we're seeing Ipswich give chances away. We saw it against Norwich last week, and we saw it against Leeds this week. Those chances were taken up by their the opposition. And again, you're looking at the um, the, the game here against Leeds. It's, what I'm saying about needing a leader, they, they, they need someone to come in and, and, and take control of those moments because those two, those moments are going to be punished and that's what's going to hold Ipswich back. Um, they, they are a good side, they're a very, very gifted side going forwards but like I said, you, you shut them out going forwards, they're going to give you a chance and unfortunately you need experience um, to, to not allow that to happen. I don't think Ipswich have that.
1: So right now, who do you think is going to finish second right now? <laughs> I,
2: right now it's easy to say Ipswich and it's a, it's a simple one um but for me Leeds have got the quality to to catch uh Ipswich and Southampton are an incredible unbeaten run as well so if Leeds, if Ipswich continue this poor defensive form then Leeds and Southampton will catch them up sooner rather than later
1: not sure I'm mm-hmm. not sure I agree uh Leeds Davis had an absolute nightmare in this game, didn't he? Against his old club, a clumsy own goal, and then gives away a stonewall penalty. I felt bad for him man, when he got subbed off as well and did a lap around the pitch. He was getting clapped by Leeds fans, but I'm not sure if that was sarcastic on their behalf. Ipswich v Leicester, Unboxing Day, of mm. course. First time they've met this season. Not sure how that's happened when they've already played Leeds twice, but you know that's the way it's fallen. And Leeds will be praying the Foxes do them a big favour. On the day after Christmas. Speaking of them, Leicester three, Rotherham nil. As comprehensive a win as it gets for Leicester. <laughs> Rotherham held on. They were set back for most of this, but the pressure was just too much, and it's now three losses from three for Liam Richardson. Four goals in four now for patson and Daca. Incredible how he's just come out of nowhere and started scoring for fun, isn't it? But we're now halfway through the season. No team has won more points at this stage than Leicester City. The last three teams who were top of the championship at Christmas have gone on to win the league. Is that going to be different this year? No. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) A goal from Taylor harwood bellis saw Southampton win 1-0 away at QPR. Saints strengthening their grip on that almost inevitable fourth place, 15 games unbeaten for them. A very impressive run to their credit. They are on the same points as Leeds, so seven points off Ipswich. They have been dealt a blow, though, with Ross Stewart being out for the rest of the season. He signed for £8 million in the summer, was recovering from an Achilles injury when he was brought in. Now he suffered a season-ending hamstring injury and he just cannot get a break, can he, Justin?
2: So disappointed for him, for, for a number of reasons. I mean, jokingly, having him as a, a Golden Boot contender, that's that's clearly going to be one of them. But to be robbed of, of, of two full seasons of the Loch Ness Drogba is is, bit, uh, is bitterly disappointing. And you can only imagine that the amount of time Southampton get the ball at that, to, uh, on that byline and cut it back how many goals Ross Stewart would score in this team, especially in this division, is so so disappointing not to not to be able to see him flourish in his Southampton team because I really do think he would. And I think games like this where Southampton mainly control control the game against QPR created a good number of chances. That's probably where they need someone like Ross Stewart because pound for pound, I don't think there's a better number nine in a division than Ross Stewart when fully fit, uh, like traditional number nine. He's he's really top talent. He's going to be a huge blow.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the most bizarre thing about this is, obviously, he missed pretty much three quarters of last season as well. When he got promoted with Sunderland, I think I'm right in saying he played every single game in league, world, yeah, including in the playoffs. Yeah. And now he's basically played a quarter of two seasons, mm-hmm. a quarter of one season in two seasons, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. It's just ridiculous how unlucky he's been. But I mean, for for Southampton, they've forked out 8 million on this guy and they're not going to see anything for it until next season now so you know they've taken a gamble it's not paid off will it cost them in the long term we'll have to wait and see but yeah it's massive massive bad luck for roster and massive bad luck for Southampton Justin let's take a quick break after that we'll talk about Mick Beale's first game in charge of Sunderland I'm sure that well. well. Welcome back to the second tier podcast. So let's go to Mick Beale's first game in charge of Sunderland. They were beaten 3-0 at home by Coventry. This scoreline didn't really reflect the game. Sunderland were the better team for most of it and probably deserved something. Definitely not a 3-0 loss. However, the result won't do anything to appease the majority of Sunderland fans or the seeming majority of Sunderland fans who are very annoyed about the appointment of Mick Beale. There was a banner aimed at the board, which said home end handed over shame on you. And there were chants from both sets of, of supporters of there's only one Tony Mowbray. Fucking hell. So yeah, <laughs> it was started by the commentary fans. Of course, Tony Mowbray ex yeah. commentary manager. Uh, and then the Sunderland fans joined in. Um, Justin question for you. When was the last time we saw a reaction to an appointment as negative as this? Can you think of one?
2: Not in the championship. The the one I can think of is Rafa Benitez to Chelsea or, or even Everton actually. You know, just mm. when where fans are so you know, there's so much volatility towards an appointment. Um yeah it's, it's quite extreme but even i guess it's a bit strange in Mick Beale's case because he doesn't have any affiliation with any rival sides where Rafa Benitez did for for Chelsea and Everton but yeah it's it's a strange one but i mean look from a management perspective it's not it's not an inspiring choice Mixed spell with Rangers you know poor poor um, Departure from QPR. Football fans aren't stupid. They see they see straight straight through it. The only way you're going to get them on side is is if you win games. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter if you dominate a game like Sunderland did here. You don't win. You're not gonna. You're not gonna appease the fans.
1: No. Well, you're quite right. And um, I think if we are looking at it from a Championship perspective, an obvious answer is Zola to Birmingham. However, there were circumstances around that. Did he get Watford promoted in the end, or he got to the no. playoffs? Playoffs, at least with them so final even Um, so he was still coming into Birmingham with a pretty decent record even though he went completely tits up in the end Um, whereas Mick Beale, I said this when he got appointed and it still stands true Justin and I mean this 100% genuinely I have no idea what the Sunderland board have seen in this appointment and it's you're absolutely right the Sunderland fans are seeing exactly the same it's not like you know maybe 20, 30 years ago where football supporters don't know anything about the managers who are coming in. Everyone knows everything about pretty much every manager who's available now. And they know that his record prior to Sunderland wasn't very good. Is he an upgrade on Tony Murray break? No, I, I struggle to see it personally. So that's why this whole appointment is completely bamboozling. And Look, he's not going to win around the fans, is he? Until he starts getting some points on the board. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. No,
2: that, that's it. And that, I mean, it's probably unfair to say it's, it, you don't see it happening anytime soon because they have, they're a very talented squad, but it, it's clearly some inefficiencies in attack that lets them down because you know we saw it last season, Ross Stewart getting injured and Joe Gelhart, in the second half, he's not quite living up to the expectation he needed to. They would have finished a lot more comfortably in the playoffs had they had a goal scorer. That the, the, the wasn't addressed this season.
1: The reason I say that I I struggle to see it turn in any time soon, Justin, is because of the fixtures they've got coming up. They've got Hull Away, which is a tricky game on Boxing Day, rather than... Fair enough. Uh, Preston aren't in great form. Then they've got that big FA Cup game against Newcastle, yeah. which is a gigantic game in that part of the world. Then Ipswich away as well. Then Hull again, bizarrely. Um, so they've got some tricky games coming up. And I, I struggle to see where Mick Bill's going to win around the fans in that time, unless he manages to pull off a huge yeah. upset against Newcastle.
2: I think, I think the point that's worth making as well is managerial points can really buoy um, and really get a crowd going, really get a supporter base uh, supporter base going. So, let's say if they appointed someone like I don't know Gary Rowett, that wouldn't have appeased appeased the fans. You know, it would have been a flat it would have been a flat reaction. But you sort of understand it because he has got some success at this level, whereas Mick Bill doesn't. But then you you go for someone like someone who's young and ambitious, like a Will still That's going to get the crowd going. It's going to get the crowd behind the the, the club, the team. And you're going to see a better reaction. You're probably going to see momentum where you might not perform well, but you get a result. Um, I think that's what Sunderland needed. Not appointing someone who, uh, for use of a better term,
1: is a bit of a snake. Fair enough. Um, Coventry have now won 15 points from an available 24. Had some tough games in that time as well. A repeat of last year. Looking good. Uh, Jude Bellingham was at the stadium alight for this game, having a little break to watch his little brother <laughs> for Christmas. Not sure he would have been too impressed, though, with oh, what yeah. he saw here. Let's go to another manager who had his first game in charge this weekend. That was Stephen Schumacher at Stoke. His, game, his first game ended goalless against Millwall. Millwall had two shots here, so Stephen Schumacher probably feeling a bit hard done by, not getting a win on his first game at the Potteries. If you want to hear our thoughts on that appointment, you can go back to our episode from last Tuesday, where we talked about schumacher going to Stoke and what it would also mean for Plymouth. Speaking of which, they drew 3-3 with Birmingham. Birmingham were 2-0 up. Then Plymouth pulled one back. Q disappointed Wayne Rooney meme. Christian Bielik gets sent off. Q disappointed Wayne Rooney meme again. (laughs) Birmingham scored to make it 3-1 and end up drawing 3-0. Q very disappointed Wayne Rooney (laughs) meme. He's now on nine points from an available 36. At Birmingham, oh dear. Meanwhile, Leighton Baines is the current favourite with the bookies for the Plymouth job. Ooh. Bit random, Ooh. isn't it? I love that.
2: I absolutely love that. I don't know why. No reason why, other than Leighton Baines was a um, a very good player, very good haircuts, and um, he scouts as well. So there's clearly a. Uh, a theme That's it, for Plymouth. That's
1: it. Plymouth just want to hire Scousers. Yeah. That, that's their method of thinking. It's just very football manager-esque. Oh, I, love that I love it. I love it. <laughs> a 94th minute winner from Jamie Patterson saw Swansea beat Preston at 2-1. Quite a strange game, this. Both sides have been in pretty rotten form. The Swansea fans were chanting against the club's owners before they scored the late winner. So it's a club in a bit of state of flux at the moment after this Uh became their second win in nine games. Preston fans also very unhappy. Three wins from 16 after this result. Ryan Lowe was speaking to the media this week and in answer to a fan's criticism, he responded, what has that fan done in football? Which is a great way to endear yourself even more to supporters, isn't it? You can tell from the way he's acting in the media though, Just in that he's feeling the pressure right now, isn't he?
2: Yeah, it's a weird one. I thought it was a great question actually from um, from the media guy. Do too encourage people to watch that because it's one of those moments where it's just like a little bit awkward as a as a viewer even even just scrolling through twitter it's like Ugh, you can't you shouldn't be saying that Ryan, because that's uh it's gonna piss a lot of people off and 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 it did because it was a bit of a sarcastic tone but passive aggressive as well however, however you take it um it reminds me actually of the isco Munoz tenure because he got really needly with the media towards the end of um, towards the end of while well, his his reign at Sheffield Wednesday, it was very snappy. Answers were short, had a weird bitter undertone to them, and that's uh, seemingly the way Ryan Lowe is venturing. And so the, the next few games is a huge period for him because he needs results. He probably needs results more than Preston do because once you lose the fans, that's it. Your your time is numbered.
1: Well, Ryan Lowe comes across as quite a cynical kind of yeah. man. Kind of manager anyway, for lack of a better term. Um so when he's feeling the pressure like this, then I think he's always gonna have a bit of a bite back at questions like that, isn't he? But he's undoubtedly under pressure. It's yeah. worth saying Preston's still in the top half, so you know, <laughs> know it's how. still <laughs> how? <laughs> That's sorry, then well they're not in the top half, actually. They've now dropped to thirteenth. I thought they were still in the top half, but they've dropped yeah. to just one pointer outside of it now. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they're still so high on the table because they've been. Pretty poor now for a long time. Middlesbrough made it back-to-back wins for the first time in two months by beating West Brom 1-0. A big result for Michael Carrick's side. They had been slipping down the table after a run of two wins from eight. They've got Rotherham and Huddersfield next, so a great chance for them to get right amongst it. Uh, Speaking of Huddersfield, they lost 2-0 away at Norwich. Not too much harm done in regard to their survival chances because the bottom four all lost. So it's essentially as it is for the Terriers. It is just one win in 11, though. Mm. Norwich doing all right, aren't they? Draw away at Ipswich (laughs) last weekend, win this weekend, five wins from eight. And you were ringing the bell for Norwich, sticking with David Wagner not too long ago, Justin. Are you claiming victory on that one?
2: Yeah, you all laughed at me. Well, who's laughing now, eh? The Wagner promotion (laughs) chase. The Wagner promotion chase is taking flight. Like a beautiful canary migrating for the warm weather. I don't know whether they... uh, No, but I'm going to take it as a win. Uh, I don't think Norwich will get promoted, but look, Wagner's turned results around. That's as big a result as you can ask for this season for Norwich because they were hopeless.
1: Question. Hmm. Do you still think, or I don't don't think you thought it anyway, but do you think David Wagner's the long-term answer at Norwich?
2: No, no, I don't don't think he is. So when do they change him? Um, when, When they get promoted at the end of this season. Because okay, so you
1: think is give him to the end of the season. Yeah,
2: yeah, give him to the end of the season. Uh, Seventeen points from thirty is a really good return. Performances haven't been great, and I don't think that's particularly sustainable. But they've got players that have come back, so now is a is a point where you can really judge David Wagner. Bearing in mind, he's still got a patchy defence as well, um, so you have got to give him credit. I don't I don't rate him. I don't think he's long term answer. And I do think Norwich should move away from him at some point but not while, not, while they're, um, not while
1: they're in good form. They were in good form not long ago, and that's when you were defending him. Cardiff <laughs> came from a goal down to beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1. Cardiff had lost 10 of their 11 games where they had fallen behind prior to this. So they'll be very happy to have improved in that respect. Although by most accounts, it seems like Sheffield Wednesday will be wondering how they didn't get something from this. There's still six points from safety. Bristol City also came from behind to win. They were 2-1 down and beat Hull 3-2. Back-to-back wins for Liam Manning at Bristol City. Previously he had won just one in six. So it looks like he's finally getting the wheels turning at Ashton Gate. Meanwhile, Hull have signed 78-year-old Billy Sharp. On a deal until the end of the season. What do you think of that, Justin?
2: I'm a bit sceptical of it. I don't think Billy Sharp's probably of a championship standard, might not even be of a League One standard. I think on paper, certainly an interesting one. But whilst Billy Sharp is a great goal scorer, he's, he's no Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips refined his game, played into his 40s, he dropped deeper. I, you know, Sharp's only exceptional when he's in the box. He's pretty useless outside of it, from from my money anyway. Who'll probably need a little bit more than that. That being said, he's got experience. He will score a couple of goals between now and the end of the season. So, and he's a big character as well. So that might be as beneficial for, for Hull as, as signing another forward, for example.
1: Well, I, I will say that you have got to remember producer Finn is a Sheffield United fan. So he will be hunting you down with a machete after this recording. Mm-hmm. Um, however... Do you not think he has something to offer as an impact sub?
2: Not really, no. I, I think they're better off. Um, I think Liam Dallap's Liam a really good forward. Aaron Connolly, uh, he's he's come back into form again. He scored a lovely goal here against Bristol City. Um, and he, yeah, he went for a bit of a dry spell Um whether Billy Sharp's the, um, another cog that will help this forward line score more goals, I don't think he will. But I think he will be a, a useful impact player and a useful character in around the squad, which can be as valuable. It can be as valuable. I just don't think he's got the he's got the legs anymore for the championship.
1: Good in the dressing room, Justin. That's what he's got. I wonder if the Hall fans are going to adopt the Baby Shark song that the LA Galaxy fans were singing while he was uh, over in, in the MLS. Um, Listen, I hope it, if,
2: if they sing, you're getting mauled by the Tigers, there's 100% they're going to adopt another cringing Champ.
1: <laughs> Do you think? Oh, hang on. You, you can't just drop that in there that you think, mauled <laughs> by the Tigers, is cringy. I think it is, it's the greatest chant in football because it just winds people up so much. It's,
2: it's definitely the biggest piss boiler, isn't it, for, for supporters? Oh, it, it gets the opposition fans aggy, but it is, you know, just make you go, that's a bit cringy,
1: as a, as a, as a neutral. And finally, another team who came from behind this weekend was Watford. They beat Blackburn at 2-1, otherwise known as Justin Peaches' outsider, uh, just in case you were wondering how the picks went this weekend. I extended my lead by another two points. You are having an absolute stinker, aren't you, my son?
2: Yeah, you sent me that message, didn't you? Um, I think it was either yesterday or the day before where the Blackbirds, half the squad's injured, um, which which came out before we picked the uh, before we picked the bankers and the outsiders. It's fine margins that I'm on the other end of at the moment. And these things balance out over the course of a season as a as football cliche goes. I'm expecting to, to come back. Blackburn will 1-0 up until, the, until very late in the game. Furious.
1: You think it's going to even out over the season? Though. I don't think it is. Now it's time for this.
2: If I book my tickets now, it'll be cheaper, won't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Hi, Simon Grayson. Yes, it's time for Simon Grayson's Hateful Eight. So, Justin's going to ask me to name eight of a certain subject. All I've got to do is name all eight. So, for example, if you would say, Name Steve Bruce's last eight clubs, and I would say Villa, that's one down, Newcastle, another down. But if I would say Weymouth, I would lose a life. So, all I need to do is give all eight answers without losing all my lives. And you could get involved in the fun by sending in your Hateful Eights for either Justin and I to answer. Send them into secondtierpod at gmail.com, and you could get a shout out the next time we do a Hateful Eight. Alternatively, just play along at home let's know how many you get who's this hateful eight from justin
2: uh, it's from luke in sunderland and it's a sunderland themed hateful eight. yeah it's something about eight oh. permanent managers and head coaches i like that one in since they were relegated from the premier league in 2017 so i want you to name all eight simon grayson is going to give you two lives for this because there are some sticky names that you might not remember
1: yeah, it's an obvious one yes simon Grayson. Can.
2: Yes, yeah, Simon Grayson is the obvious one. There is also another obvious one.
1: Oh, okay, fine. Um, so there's eight since they got relegated from the Premier League, is there? Fine. So uh, I'll go Chris Coleman.
2: Yes, he's, he's not a prick, Chris Coleman.
1: Yeah, he's got kids. Um, <laughs> I need to rewatch that sometime. That was TV gold, that one. Honestly. Yeah. What a teaser. Two down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who took over from Chris Coleman? I'll come back to that. Uh, I'll, I'll go from most recent and I'll go Mick Beale. Yes,
2: maybe I I, I somehow thought you might forget Mick Beale because it's so obvious. Yes. But yeah, you're three down. You've got five left to go. In 10 years time, I might forget Mick Beale. Um Tony Mowbray. Tony Mowbray is, he, is he the other obvious one because he was sacked a couple of weeks ago. You're right. Uh, Alex Neal. Correct. Six months spell in charge while they're in League One before leaving for the promised land of Stoke. Mm. Didn't go well. No, it didn't. Um, how many have I got left? Three. You've got three left, and I thought you might hesitate with these.
1: Mm. This is the tricky one because this is when they were in League One once, and I wasn't paying as much attention to them down there. Uh, Lee Johnson. I Streaky Lee.
2: Streaky Lee is correct. Yep.
1: Hmm. Two left. Two lives remaining. Two left. Right. There is someone who I remember, um, although he's very obscure, and I may have got his name wrong. is it Jack Ross? You are correct. It is Jack Ross.
2: I'm now starting to think that maybe two lives was a little bit too generous for me, but fair enough. Spot on.
1: This last person, I'm struggling.
2: No surprises oh. there because it was a uh, rather forgetful spell. Yeah. Fun fact about Jack Ross, while you're thinking, he's now the head of uh, coaching development at Newcastle. Is he? Yeah.
1: He was a very highly rated coach when he went to Sutherland.
2: He did. And they weren't the best, if we're going to be honest, neither.
1: No, they had a bit of a stinky, didn't they? Come on, I one more guess. I'm seriously struggling with this other one. One um... more guess. You've got
2: two lives, Ryan. You could say
1: anybody. Phil Brown.
2: Incorrect.
1: <laughs> Why are you pulling that face? Because <laughs> you're, right you're on the right lines
2: with Phil with Phil Brown. I don't know how, but the, the lines are they're quite linear. With
1: I was Earth just throwing Phil, Phil Brown. Brown out there because I was hoping it would delay and give myself more time, but He's got one guest um, left. <laughs> Come on. No, I think I'm gonna to have to tap out because just
2: just throw a name, just just throw any name.
1: It's so annoying because I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue, but I just cannot yeah. remember it. Yeah, um, any name. Paolo Di Canio. It, you're incorrect. It's not Paolo Di Canio. The, the name
2: you're looking for is uh, Disney Plus star Phil Parkinson.
1: Uh, I wouldn't have got that to be honest. Really. No, it, that, that was a really forgetful you, I I thought you
2: were on the right lines for Phil Brown because they've got a Bolton, a Bolton past and they're both called for Phil.
1: I was trying to think of pretty unremarkable former championship managers. Uh, you,
2: you're on the right lines, to be fair. Did
1: he manage in the championship?
2: He did. He, he managed Colchester, Reading, not, uh, not Alton. Yeah, I think it was Reading and um, Bolton.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I don't think I would have got that. I think we could have been here for a good hour and I'm not sure I would have got that. But there you go, ladies and gentlemen, I've fallen foul to Simon Grayson's hateful late And this has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll be back again the day after Boxing Day to give you a roundup of all the Boxing Day fixtures in the Championship. So we bloody look forward to seeing you then. Listen. Have a very, very, very Merry Christmas if you're listening to this before Christmas or on Christmas Day. We appreciate you, whatever it is you're doing over this festive period. And we look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. And a big thank you for listening.